What's going on, everybody? You are here listening to the Let's Go Buffalo podcast, your new favorite podcast for everything Bills and Sabres. We got the pals Tom and Jake here today. Nigel's on a holiday break, so we'll give him his uh, his time off as, as blessed by our HR department. Uh, we got episode 22 coming at you today. Quick reminder to you to go follow our social media accounts. They are both at Let's Go Buff Pod with two Fs on Instagram and X. Let's say hey to the fellas. Tom, how you doing today, pal? I'm great, dude. Good to see you. Good to be here. I'm good, man. I uh, had just this, you know, kind of circumnavigational round, couple round trips around the globe last week and uh, put the sleigh away and got the Impreza out again. And we were feeling good, man. Back in storage till next December, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll let the elves work on it for a little bit. Let the reindeer out to pasture, you know, do all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, little, little tune-ups, little good, good old Chris Kringle <laughs> tune-ups for you. Well, I appreciate what you got me for Christmas this year, Tom. It was, uh, I mean, Santa, it was very nice, very nice of you to do. <laughs> you're welcome, you're welcome. I, uh, I'm going to keep it appropriate, but yeah, we don't have to share with the, with the class, so. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, no, no illicit activities or substances no, talked no, about on this no, podcast. No, absolutely not. Not, not here. I no, um, no. honestly though, my uh, my favorite time of year is this little like uh, in betweener lands between Christmas and New Year's, where it feels like time doesn't exist and just become a just a just a vegetable on the couch. It's it's wonderful. Oh my god, dude! I, I actually had to like pee, I started to to morph into my couch. I had to literally peel myself <laughs> off of it after after sitting there for too long. Yeah, it's good. So it's a that's nice time doing it right, though. That's that's how you're supposed to do it this time of year. 100%. Exactly. I don't know what day it is. I've been eating nothing but cheese and cookies for three days. Like, I mean, <laughs> just straight checks mix. Exactly. I'm just gonna emerge. Take a from blood my, sample. Emerge from my cave in January and deal with deal with all the poor decisions that I made then. You know, blinky eyed. But hey, you know that's what it's for. So <laughs> that's that's what the time of year is about. Yeah, what do you say? Should we do a little uh, a beer corner? Yeah, let's pop one open, eh? Give me get a countdown. Those, get those fingers right, Tom. Ready? Three, two, one. <laughs> Excellent. Tom, <laughs> you go first. I see you got a nice – your beer is wrapped, wrapped up. It what is. Are you, what are you protecting it from? It is. I thought this would be a, a fantastic way to use my new tailgating koozie that my wife got me. Um, it is a uh, for those of you uh, not um, privy to the uh, the video here, just audio only. Um, it is a, a raincoat jacket around my beer, and it's going to be perfect for. I have worn this exact outfit for almost every Bills game I have attended, and it's uh, it's perfect. It's a little giant, little tiny, cute little uh, rain jacket with little arms that have handles, and it's hugging my beer. So um, I'm drinking a uh, hazy, juicy New England IPA called a Mountain Hazy IPA from Shred Brewery here in good old VT. It's tasty. It it sounds delicious and it looks like it's ready to go crab fishing on the Bering Sea. So I think you're I think you're ready. <laughs> or sit in section three hundred at a Bills game in Orchard Park. True, true. <laughs> but both both use the same outfits and yes, still yes. fucking freezing and cold as you're sitting in the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a tasty little beer from our friends at Three Heads Brewing. And this is a it's called the Loopy. It's a a red ale brewed with oats, and it mm. is—it's uh, delicious. Yeah, shout out to them. I got some good yep. beer there. It sounds good. It sounds really tasty. So practice safe drinking, folks. Wrap your beer before you stick it in. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Keep moving with that one. Oh, um, <laughs> where? What happened to the? What's going on with the Sabers Land here, pal? <laughs> Fill me in. <laughs> well, over in Saberland, since we last spoke, Nigel and I had a nice long conversation about the Sabers last week and the the ups and mostly downs, and it's kind of been the same since then. Uh, we talked about the Sabers after their horrific drubbing from the Columbus Blue Jackets, where they lost nine to four on home ice, uh, and then we were like, "What? Where's this team going to go from here? Like, are, are we going to see a coaching change?" They came out the following game against Toronto and blew past the Leafs nine to three 
Um, it was an emotional game for them at home uh, when, when you, you're coming off a bad loss and they, they turned up. Um, we'll get more, more on that in a moment. Okay. Uh, All right. The two other, two other games that happened since then, they lost in overtime to the Rangers uh, at Madison Square Garden. And then they came home after the holiday break to play the Boston Bruins. At home, around Christmas time, the Sabres typically play the Boston Bruins. They typically lose, and they typically don't do it in a uh, fashion that you like to see from a loss. It's usually embarrassing. It's usually heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah just, just just pissing on on the, uh, the hats of everybody in the stands nice. that spent Merry their holiday Christmas. break their money and time on going to a Sabres game. So not, not great. Those are the three games that happened since then Win, overtime loss and loss, not what you want to see from a three game stretch, not what you want to see from a team that needs to get their bearings. Uh, so today, December 29th, as we record the Sabres sit 14, 18 and four, they're seventh in the division. Still, they're still seven points out of a playoff spot. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're down in the dumps at the moment still. Um, so I the the issue that we've talked about a lot this season that win against the Toronto team um it's their only win in the past 2 weeks uh it's it was an emotional game I, you know when buffalo plays toronto a lot of toronto fans make the short drive from toronto down to buffalo because tickets are massively cheaper in buffalo than they are in toronto so they get to see their their team play uh not that far of a not that far away. Uh, and so the building gets flooded with blue and white Toronto fans. And I think that pisses the Sabres off a bit, as it should. Uh, if another team is is filling your own barn, you should, right. you should be yeah. pissed off about that. Absolutely. And so they, they typically play pretty well in those games. Uh, there's a chip on their shoulder. They come out ready to play. And they, they did. But that's something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast, is that this team seems able to get up and play well for games that have that emotional element to them. But they can't do it other times. And that's exactly what happened. They crushed the Leafs. Granted, Toronto did not play superbly. Their goal goaltender let in some, some real squeaky goals, and the team didn't play well in front of him. But but still, like there's still this continuing trend of if the team is is emotionally ready to play, they play well. But that emotional level has not been there. For a lot, a lot, a lot of games. Yeah, that seems so wild. Yeah, that's it's tough. Uh, and then I just I want to talk about the Bruins' loss a little bit too. It was they they had no business losing that game. Boston was on a four game losing streak coming into that. They've shown cracks. They they are a team that you can beat if you play the right way. And there's there's no there's there was no push from the Sabers. They had. They they had a four minute long power play early on in the first period when the game was still zero zero to to go in score on the power play on one you know they had four minutes they had four minutes to score a power play goal straight and they could not do it they they couldn't get shots in um, I think the 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 best opportunity scoring wise that came from that four minutes of play was when Brad Marchand finally came out of the box after four minutes, got sprung on a breakaway and near, nearly put a puck in the net, the Sabres mm. net. Um, <laughs> it was just, it's just embarrassing to see for four straight minutes early in the game. No one's wiped. No one's tired. No one's banged up. The game just fucking started to not see them put together a meaningful scoring chance in that short stretch was abysmal. Um, and look, that's what lost them the game. Boston scored three power play goals that game. Sabres went 0 for 6 on the power play. We've talked about that's it all year. You're not winning games that way. You're not no. winning games that way. That's nothing. No. No. Um, hmm. so, so I guess to, to pull the microscope back, I just, I just wanted to talk about a couple of quotes that I've seen over the past week or two from Kyle Ocpozo, the captain, and from Don Granado, the head coach. Uh, I, I don't have the exact quotes in front of me, but the gist of them was, I think like we need to go back to how we played last year. If we're going to go out of the playoff race, let us, let's go down swinging, playing the way that we did last year. And so the fundamental question, why, 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 why on, on this green earth, did they radically change what they were doing from last year to this year? Oh, that's they, a great idea. Let's go do what worked, huh? Oh my goodness! Yeah. And um, look, they they missed the playoffs last year. That's that's obvious to everyone. 
but they missed by a single point. They were playing their best stretch of hockey into March and April. And like, look, carry that momentum. I know it's a long off season, but carry that momentum into the year. Don't, don't, don't try to fix what isn't broke. What wasn't broke was the offense. So don't neuter the offense to try and play a defensive style of hockey that clearly the roster is not made up to play. Yeah. Why are we changing things that were working so well last year? <laughs> I, I just don't get it. And it's 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 frustrating to see those quotes because it, it it leaves me wanting more. It's like, well, well right. why 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 are we where we are right now? We know that there's there's cracks in the roster. Right. Right. But the the coach's job is to come up with a game plan around the pieces that you have in the roster. So it, it blows my mind. I saw those quotes. I just wanted to bring them up here and, and just say how frustrating those are to see. <laughs> well, especially because that's what you've been calling for all this time. And like, you know, we're now that they've dug themselves a hole, like now is the time we think we're going to go change something up. Like this would have been helpful 12 games ago, right? Yeah, well, at least I think they played 30, 36 games. It would have been helpful 36 games ago. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that one. That's a just something to monitor, I guess. And yep. Especially if, if they start playing a, a more improved, like like how they did last year. If they if they go back to that and start playing a more exciting game and, and, and do well with it, then I'm going to be pissed at the end of the year if if their playoff chances for the year got pissed away during October, mm-hmm. November, December when they're trying to big brain the system and, and change up the way they play. And yeah. that that burns them in the in the playoff race. So yeah, that'd be really frustrating. We'll see. We'll see. Um uh, the other thing, the other comment I noted that Don Granado came out and said is that he's going to get more involved with the planning of the power play. In the NHL, that's typically something that's left to the assistant coaches. Uh, one of them usually takes the power play. The other one takes the penalty kill. And yep. the head coach the head coach is kind of there to monitor everything, but doesn't really get involved in the the X's and O's, the nitty-gritty of, of planning out a power play. So it is it is meaningful that Don Granato came out and said, look, I'm, I'm getting more involved in the dirty areas of power play planning. So... Look, we'll we'll see what happens there, but um, yeah, it's still abysmal there. There's nothing to hang your hat on power play wise, so we'll see is, where that is, goes. Is that exciting? Like, does Granado have experience? Like, has he has he proven that he has some good ideas and can construct good power play ideas, or is this like, oh boy, what are we doing? Like, he's kind of now taking more into his hands. That's a good question. Um, I don't. I mean, I, I don't have specific stats on that of of where he has specifically been responsible for power play running in the past sure. in his past coaching jobs. But uh, I I think it's exciting in the sense that there's just a fresh set of eyes. Uh, yeah. Okay. It, it, it involved in in that because something's got to change. So yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. Well, I don't think he's some power play guru by any means, but we've yeah. talked about it before on this podcast. There's such a, a glut of offensive scoring talent on the roster you should be converting power play chances at a higher rate than you are so if he can unlock something to get them back to where they should be i think that'd be great yep so a couple games coming up something to pay attention to yeah something to pay attention to especially there's a couple a couple winnable games coming up for buffalo um to close out the 2023 calendar year they're playing columbus again uh saturday night december 30th a team that Beat them bad last time, so I hope they come out looking for some revenge there and get it. And then in a New Year's Eve special, they're playing Ottawa on the road. And then in the New Year, they a couple days off, but then on Thursday, January 4th, playing at Montreal. So all those teams, not phenomenal stacked teams. I This might be drastic, but I, I 3-0 and in that stretch is pretty much the only thing acceptable at this point in the season right. and where... Where where they're currently heading, they they yeah. need to be they need to be three and zero if they if, if we want to keep discussing playoff possibilities. Yes, so we will see. However, keep in mind, Tom, that they have not yet recorded a three game win streak since last season. So, <laughs> oh yeah, so okay, yeah, let's go, let's go. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Oh yeah, pal. <laughs> <laughs> and before we move on to Bill's stuff, I did want to talk about some 
roster moves and and roster construction because the team's a little bit in flux right now. Um, yep. So the, the big one against the Bruins game, uh, sorry, excuse me, the big one in the Bruins game was Tage Thompson was a late scratch. He was held out for personal reasons against the Bruins. I believe uh, his, his wife was pregnant, and so I, I'm assuming that the child came. So wish wish the best to him and his family. Hope everyone's healthy. Um, yeah. he, should, he should be back on Saturday against Columbus, so that's good news. Yep. Um, and then a, a returning from injury, uh, Zemgis Gergensen's is rumored to be back for Saturday's game as well. And so because of that, Buffalo had to make a couple of roster moves to make some room. Uh, the first one, Tyson Jost was sent down to Rochester. He had to be put through waivers and he did officially clear waivers. So he'll be assigned to Rochester. And then the other one that is the more concerning one that I'm not happy about is uh, Ryan Johnson being sent down to Rochester. Ryan Johnson's a young player. He did not need waivers. So that's likely why he went down first. Yep. However, Ryan Johnson has been one of the best four defensemen on Buffalo's roster for some time now. And I, to me personally, I've not noticed any dip in his game. Uh, so it's, it's a, it's a questionable decision from me. We'll see how it works out, but he, he has every business being in the NHL. It's uh it's, it's a little sickening to see him get sent down right now. Okay. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> But we'll we'll see. Uh, so so like I said, Tage Thompson back in Saturday. Zemgis Gergensen's back in Saturday. I, I don't think Zemgis Gergensen's missing has been the you know the the reason for for the fall of the team. But I think he he'll he'll give a spark on the bottom line. Um, hopefully Tage Thompson comes out and and dominates like he he can, but has not really showed this year and puts him back in in some contention. But right now, with those moves, the Sabres have nearly over $5 million of salary buried in the minors. Jost at $2 million, Jacob Bryson at $1.85 million, and Riley Stillman at $1.35 million. It's just, it's it's frustrating to see those players not performing to where they could or, or where they were that earned them that money. It's frustrating to see Buffalo needing to bury that money in the minors. They're not up against the salary cap, so it's not really a salary cap issue at the moment but it's just it's just you don't see that kind of money buried in the minors very often and there's there's a reason for it those players weren't playing great um but yeah it's just it's it's, uh yeah it's tough to see that much money stashed away in your minor league system that's some head scratching management things like hey what what are we doing here kind of thing yeah why why are we giving out two million dollars to you know tyson jost in the offseason if uh if we're, we're if he's an expendable forward that we're gonna stash in the right. minors later on, right. and and look, he, I mean, he hasn't played great. He's been a, a plug at best. Um, so nothing against him. It's that's that's the game that he plays. But um, yeah, you, you'd like to you'd like to see some smarter roster management uh, throughout the season. So right. Anyways, okay. Well, buckle up, huh? <laughs> yeah, buckle up. We'll see if the new year can bring anything better for the Sabres but till then we'll 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 see we'll sit and wait yeah not dead yet but getting close to it not dead yet but need need to start proving that you're you're alive so start start showing me that you have a pulse yeah yep all right well go Sabres (laughs) go Sabres (laughs) anyways we'll we'll touch back on them in a little bit but uh let's let's move on to Bill's Chargers yeah what'd you think of that game on Saturday night (laughs) well let me paint you a little picture and I want you to tell me what kind of game you thought this might be if this is the picture I'm painting ready get this Bills punted on their first three drives Deontay Hardy fumbled the punt setting up the Chargers for their first seven points not good Josh Allen had a goofy decision the guy just thinking he's a freaking action figure, which he is. However, it sometimes bites him in the ass. And he had a wild throw across his body from past the right hash all the way across the bot- his body to the left side of the field. Digs like, I don't know, probably 60 yards down the field. Slightly too short. Got picked off. Throw, um, goofy throw. A variety, whole smorgasbord of penalties in a variety of different places, in a variety of different inopportune moments. And uh, James Cook fumbled the ball two times. Uh, would you say, knowing our Buffalo Bills, Jake, did they win the game? I would, I would say no. No yeah. shot. 
exactly. <laughs> Somehow, we pulled it out. We pulled it out of our butts, won that game, and honestly, that's what good teams do. There's always these games where we've seen in the past of the Chiefs winning a stupid game where they should not have, or the New England Patriots doing it literally all the time for the last 20 years of winning the games that, man, they should not have, and they did. So we take it. Um, the uh, Bills eventually started coming back to life. Um, I think they eventually figured out, like, oh, yeah, we, we can score points here. We can play this game. And, uh, oh, on a single one-play drive, Josh Allen scrambling to his right, making something out of nothing, had an enormous 57-yard touchdown throw to Gabe Davis, um, brought spark back to things. Khalil Shakir was excellent in a bunch of different places. He was a great little safety valve. I think that's I'm trying to figure out a nickname for him around around that uh, that idea. But I think he's been great at that throughout the entire season. Um, and then Ed Oliver has proven that he has just become. He is the steal of the offseason. Um, he has been so valuable. Um, I, I think I've heard in either interviews with Ed Oliver. I couldn't find the exact quote, so I was trying to find it. But I'm pretty sure Ed Oliver uh, McDermott went to Ed Oliver at the end of the game and said, Ed, we need a sack here. He said. Okay, coach, here I go. And he went and made it happen. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that's just, ah, oh, just fires me up. So cool to hear. So, um, yeah, the Bills uh, came out on that one alive. One, 24-22. We're able to kind of wither away the end of the clock there and get a game-winning field goal by um, Tyler Bass, which was great to see because he's kind of been off and on um, this season. But uh, it's good to see that he was able to win that or get that kick when we needed it. Um, so, more adventurous of a game than we wanted, but what we did it. it definitely more adventurous. I mean, uh, I was I was just on the edge of my seat pretty much till the end of the game with the uh, what's what's it called when they're doing all the lateraling and stuff. Is there an official name for that? Um, yeah, kind of just uh, yeah, kind of a. Uh, there is an official name of it. What is it? What is it? Just yeah, yeah, some yeah, some kind of crazy backyard football kind of play. <laughs> yeah, just just yeah. I, I like watching it, but it was it was pretty happy when the when the ball was dead. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That was so, uh, so we, that, Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was, I was that that was some cool um, coaching decisions being made there because Sean McDermott it took a timeout right there right at the end there, right before that play and took a bunch of the D tackles off the field, put nine defensive backs on the field and um, kind of anticipating this, you know, crazy more athletic kind of play where the, he, he needed p- players in coverage that were able to kind of take that down. So I thought that was a great decision. That was, that ended up paying off. Good. Yeah. Can we talk about Gabe Davis for a minute? Cause this, <laughs> yeah. Old peekaboo Gabe Davis. <laughs> yeah. Now, now that he's back, it, clearly he was off the roster for three weeks, right? I must, I must not be imagining that. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was sent on vacation. But like what? So this dude came out and had a massive game. Why, why is he only able to do that once every fourth game fifth game whatever whatever like is it the defenses that give him something like he just gets to play he gets to play one game a seat one game a month and he's good (laughs) man i don't know i don't know um the fantasy football player in me uh also is frustrated because i also have him in fantasy football and have been just tortured by this man yeah um Man, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I because clearly he's involved in important. He has one of the highest snap percentages on the entire team. So he plays a large majority of the game, ninety percent plus every game, because he's out there blocking. He's a very good large human being in wide receiver world, at least, and is able to block really well. He sets things up. He's clearly can have hands and right and make crazy catches and be really athletic. I don't know. I think. I think. Yes, I think sometimes it boils down to what the opposing team is planning for. Off and lately, they have really been putting the damper on Diggs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and and that's kind of honestly been a little frustrating that Diggs hasn't been able to break through that. But they're paying a lot of attention to him, which then opens things up for other players like Gabe. Um, I think Gabe's had some targets in the last few games. It's just he hasn't connected on them. You know, he's had a bunch of drops, or it's been a bad throw from Josh. Um, so I think there's a variety of different things kind of contributing to that, but I, I, man, I think it is nice to know that he can come alive occasionally, you know, and have yeah. a huge game. He had like 130 yards and a touchdown. Like it was, that was a, that's a real game, yeah. you know? And dude, I, I don't know. I actually don't know, um, what, why he comes alive every so often. It must be like, it feels like a werewolf kind of thing, you know, we're like, <laughs> this is the time once a month he's able to like, you know go out there and be a monster yeah it's crazy but just wanted to ask 
Anything yeah. else pop out to you from that game? Like anything else you saw? Um, no, other than hopefully they got their wiggles out with uh, kind of playing some silly, sloppy ball, and and thankfully we're not bit in the butt and we're able to come home with a win. Um, uh, no, nothing else was really cr- kind of too much. Um, nice to see the uh, the D line be able to take over when needed. Um, Greg Rousseau had a bunch of great run stuffs. So that guy is just so good at that. Um, yeah. We talked about this one being a trap game, and in a lot of ways it was. like uh, On paper, the Bills are much better than the Chargers with Justin Herbert not being their starter. And it was a close game, so they, they came out on the right side of it, but still, they had to overcome some adversity to get there. We talked about how the Bills don't like traveling west, uh, mm-hmm. don't typically do well in those games. They were coming mm-hmm. off an emotional win, so it's good to see him put put the business away but man yeah it was it's a little hairier than we were hoping for yeah yeah well, that was not necessary boys we don't need a win like that please do not okay <laughs> let's avoid that but um yeah no I, I think it was a good good win to have right those are the wins that's what the win against should have been against the Patriots earlier should should have been against the Broncos earlier this season should have been a variety of the Jets, right? Like these weird kind of wacky, weird games. And we've kind of taken losses on those. So it was nice to see them come up and be like, okay, wait a second. We can, we need to go home with this win. <laughs> and they did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So really good to see. Um, before we roll into this week's coverage, because I'm excited about that. However, I wanted to just have an open up a conversation about our, um, our prize possession, our uh, stallion. Josh Allen being in the running for MVP. Um, I know that we are a Buffalo-based podcast, so we are clearly homers and clearly biased. And (laughs) yes, I even have money down on Josh Allen being MVP. (laughs) So yeah, I want the guy to win MVP. However, I do think kind of the narratives around him have been awfully silly. Um, He is still in the top five for Vegas odds for winning the MVP behind like Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, Lamar Jackson, uh, Tyreek Hill is in there. Um, and Josh is up in there. I can't remember the exact numbers. I don't have them in front of me. However, um, I, I don't think any of them are doing what he's doing. I, I just don't. And it's been pretty frustrating. So I want to kind of set the scene for my, excuse me, uh, my uh, argument for Josh to win MVP and just kind of open it up for a little bit of kind of conversation here. But um the uh, kind of so stats wise, um, oftentimes uh, MVP has turned into a little bit of a quarterback um, award, right? Last few years, it's been forever since we've had a non quarterback win MVP. Um, it has to be a 2000 yard season from a running back or just something ridiculous um, for that to, to even be considered. So, um, oftentimes, I don't mean to put, mm-hmm. put you on the spot, but who, who was the last player that wasn't a quarterback to win it? Like how often um, how often does that happen, or is it kind of like a it's a quarterback? I don't trophy. remember. Can you go do some googling? Because I, I want to pull out, I want to pull it on my butt and say the wrong thing. So I'm gonna I send got you, you off you, on a little uh, uh, fact finding mission. Okay. All right, you do that uh, while I do that. You wax poetic about our, our boy Josh. Yeah, um, I'm gonna start with a little uh, stats compilation from um, our Buffalo sports writer Sal Capaccio at Sal Sports on Twitter. Um, he put together a little bit of a compilation here in the past week of uh, aggregate stats across the season for a bunch of different uh, quarterbacks. Um, and Josh is currently fourth in total yards. So that combines rushing and passing for 4,191. He's first in total touchdowns by a lot. He has 40. We'll come back to that in a second. Um, and he also... Um, no, I'm going to save that stat for a second. So those are the two important ones. The... Um, Josh Allen is the first player in NFL history to have 40 total touchdowns in four straight seasons. Never has happened. Not Peyton, not Tom Brady, not anybody. Um, He's extended his record of most games with one passing touchdown and one rushing touchdown to 11 so far. And he's still got two more games this season. It could, it could arguably be 13 games where he, he has, and he could smash that record by like three or four different games. It's, it's been insane. Um, he accounts for 83.3% of the Bills' total team touchdowns. Most other quarterbacks are well below 60. So anytime that he is passing the ball to somebody scoring a touchdown or he is rushing it himself, um, he, it's it's him. The guy's just printing points at this point. The um, And unfortunately, the, the kind of the things that are going against Josh 
are the uh, his kind of his turnovers and the team record, which to me are kind of well the t- t- turnovers. He is third in total turnovers. He has eighteen. There are two other players with nineteen. Sam Howell and um, Trevor Lawrence both have nineteen. So he's not leading the league for all you uh, 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 trolls out there. Um, and uh, the Bills are nine and six, which is usually goes against a, an MVP. Uh, um, uh, winner however um i still think that's silly because it's not always his fault he has set up the team to go win it's been goofy other things that really has has gotten in the way so um do you got the list bud i got you yeah all right so since 1957 when the award was first awarded it's gone to 42 quarterbacks and only 18 players that are non-quarterbacks so 18 total the last time a non-quarterback won the MVP was 2012. Can you name the player? I'll put you on the spot. Played for the was Vikings. Um, was it Adrian Peterson? It was. Good guess. Yeah. Uh, and since the turn of the century, only four players that are not a quarterback have won the MVP. So pr- pretty impressive yeah. to do if you're not a quarterback, it seems. Yes. Yes, it is. So, um yeah, kind of has turned into that, but man, I don't know. So I don't, I don't know. It just seems silly. Like he's cle- everybody's coming out with like Lamar. The Ravens are more dominant. They have a better team record, but he doesn't have as many touchdowns. He only has a couple more yards. He only has like three or four less turnovers than Josh, but Josh has like fifteen more touchdowns. Like I don't know. It just seems silly. It seems that their people are taking into team record into account much more than they should. Um, but I mean, I think it's just I think it's people not getting that out of their out of their heads of that team record does not necessarily mean who's most valuable to that team. I totally agree. I think it's easy to have your thoughts get clouded by how the team itself performs. But the 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 essence of the award is for the most valuable player, which player helps their team win or lose said games most. And I, I totally agree with you. I think Josh Allen plays a bigger part in the Bills' wins and losses than Lamar Jackson does in Baltimore, yeah. for example, or, or and any of the weapons that are in San Francisco. I mean, that offense is stacked, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> how are you yeah. picking an MVP from that? Like, the, he, Brock Purdy's throwing to, to all-star level athletes at all positions skill-wise. So, yeah. I, 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 totally, I, I, I totally agree with what so, you're saying, dude. He's Josh has got my vote. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to put in, I'm going to send in my ballot um, and he'll probably reject it. Cause I'm not, exa- I'm not exactly part of the MVP, um, you know, uh, voting uh, promenade, but uh, that's right. So I think anyway, you should send it in. I'm biased, but you've convinced me. Hey, I think we should. Hey, great. Let's do it. So <laughs> if it was up to me, it would be him, but uh, let's just have him go nuclear and we went out and maybe we go get the number two seed and maybe he could still be part of it. So it's still there. The door is still open. It is. It's mind blowing that the number two seed is still in consideration too. Right. Given how dark some of the conversations were a couple weeks ago, you know. Yeah. It's, it's here yeah, we are. Like, str- string some good things together. We're not and- dead yet. <laughs> so I um kind of I think that's a nice little segue into this week because the Bills have um quite the opportunity in front of them. There are with a win against the New England Patriots this Sunday at one p.m. New Year's Eve. The Bills have 14 different playoff clinching possibilities um, that could lock their place into at least a wild card spot in the playoffs. Um, And that starts with the the Bills winning. Um, If the Ravens knock off the Dolphins this week and then the Bills win next week, the division isn't as it will be one. And that does still open up the number two seed. That is still an option um, for how things can roll. So there's still a lot to be had here and lots to lots um, of opportunities for the, the bills to punch their ticket, get in and then go make some noise. So um, pretty exciting this, uh, this week, um, some kind of the headliner news. Um, Mr. Daquan Jones will be active. Sean McDermott said on WMGR. Um, WGR, excuse me, WGR, no, no M. There's an M in my uh, uh, in my neck of the woods, but not in the Buffalo neck of the woods. Um, said that uh, Daquan Jones gonna be active this week, which is insane. The guy he tore his pec in the Jacksonville Week Five game, crossed the pond in London, um, and that was just devastating because the guy was playing at an All Pro level, like just clearly just a dominant force. And honestly, if he comes back, I'm, I am. 
I am hoping that he's healthy. I'm hoping they're not rushing him back because the 21-day window was opened. He could have st- just rested this week. I hope we're not rushing this because we don't – we need him for the postseason. Um, but, uh, man, if he's back to form, like him and Ed Oliver up the middle, <laughs> it's going to like just – he's going to ruin grown men's lives this weekend, and I'm excited for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. Hope we'll see yeah. what he can do. <laughs> see what's gonna happen. So, um, yeah, big game. Um, the uh, the Bills last time they played the Patriots earlier this season, they lost twenty five to twenty nine. Um, in kind of that embarrassing win, gave up more points to the to the Patriots than anybody has has all season. Um, they scored more than they have. Um, and then they proceeded to like get shut out the next couple weeks and had scored three points. And, but we, no, we, we let them have 29. So that's good. Um, against Mac Jones. Sorry, wait, wait. I missed that. They, that. That 29 is the most points they've scored in any game at all this season. Let's go double check that. But I'm pretty sure Patriots. Um, that's, that's, that's crazy schedule. on a couple levels. Yep. I mean, I'm not surprised Mac Jones wasn't able to score more than that, but um, still, that was at a time when the the Bills' defense was a bit more healthy than than they have been for that game. I, I think I can't exactly remember when the injury stacked up, but yeah, no, man, exactly. You'd think, you'd think they'd be able to hold Mac Jones to less than that, but you don't think so. You ready for the number of points the Patriots scored this season? Yeah, week hit, one, hit them. twenty. Week two, seventeen. Week three. Uh, 15, 3, 0, 17, 29 against the Bills, 17, 17, 6, 7, 0, 21, 17, 26, and then us. Yep, most points that we, we, that we um, allowed to the Patriots all season, and it was the Buffalo Bills. So wow. let's not do that this week. Um, yep. And take care of business. Um, the defense last time was also the Patriots defense, rather, was able to kind of bamboozle Josh Allen. He's had their ticket for a while. And, I mean, it's Bill Belichick, who's one of the smartest defensive minds to ever coach this game. So, like, it was a matter of time for until he was going to be able to stifle Josh Allen a little bit. Um, there was lots of stunts, really high blitz rate. Um, so, just a lot too much for Josh to handle. And the, this off, Ken Dorsey's offense to handle at that time. So I'm really hoping that Joe Brady comes up with some better answers. Um, some answers that I would suggest if I were being polled would include um, a lots of short, quick passing game answers, right? Let's get the ball out of Josh's hands, get some rhythm, get the, get them kind of back on their heels, score early. So that way they can't just be in pursuit mode. Um, I think this is going to be a big Kincaid, Diggs, and Cook game with uh, a lot of short completions, some screens, some across the middles, just really putting them um, in the in the conflict. The um, Patriots linebackers are very, very good against the run, like some of the best in the league. However, they're larger athletes and less athletic. And I think if we get Dalton Kincaid one-on-one with those guys, just money all day long, just pepper them. You know, get James Cook, get Dalton Kincaid against um, lined up on um, with these linebackers and just just go to town. I think yeah. really stress them in ways that they're not wanting to be. And then you have you have a, a solution here. Yeah, um, get them moving and, and getting the ball out quicker. That's that's to to counteract the the high blitz rate that you were talking about. Is that is that the right way to think of it? Right, exactly. And honestly, maybe even I mean, because we we're gonna get into the run game here in a second. You can't really run on the on the Patriots. They have a very very good run defense. They're one the pretty much the best in the league. Um, but you can throw on them, and I think this I think that would kind of kind of take their blitzing and their D line out of the game if we can get the ball out of the the, out of josh's hands really quick and really get the ball moving i think that'd be um that's that's my my suggestion um and that includes lots of play action right so setting up play action so we have short little um smart uses of run game smart uses of holding on to the ball and passing setting up some deep shots like really get this but this this um that patriots defense guessing and and let don't let them dictate Take take the ball into our hands and play the game that we want to play and not play their game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Particularly there um this this run defense for the Patriots is is phenomenal. They are second in rushing yards allowed across the season. Um and first in yards per carry allowed at 3.2, which is nothing. 
um, a good solid yards per carry is like 4.5. Like that's, you are playing really well. Anything above that you're playing incredibly well. And below that starts to kind of, you know, um, wither away and particularly to 3.2 is like nothing. So, um, don't expect a huge run game from James cook this week, but I, I think we can get 50, 60 yards of him, of him in five or six receptions, um, uh, in the passing game. So I think that's gonna be a big deal. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, the, the run game has been good kind of throughout the year, but recently too, they, they've kind of leaned on that for a, particularly in the Dallas game, but they've leaned Correct. on the run game late, lately. So let's see if uh, Joe Brady can scheme up something to counteract a defense that excels in stopping that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're gonna have much luck there, um, but that's okay. Cause we have Josh Allen and other great wide receivers. So I think we can, it's gonna be a much more pass heavy game in my imagination. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. Any players now, on the defensive side over there to watch out for this week? Um, Christian Barmore has just been a freaking bear um, in the middle of that D-line. The guy is just phenomenal. He's he's really fun to watch. I hate saying that, but he is. Um, <laughs> he's a wrecking ball and just causing havoc both in the run game and the pass game. Um, Mitch Morris and Connor McGovern and um, Osiris Torrance are going to have their hands full with him up in that in the middle of that uh, that offensive line. Um and like I said, those those uh, run stuff and uh, linebackers are just they mean business. They're no joke. Um, the uh, the secondary, I think, can be had. So, again, leans into a passing game. Right. I think their secondary can be had. I think they can. Um, uh, that's where we can make some hay. But we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah. Hopefully Diggs breaks through because he like you mentioned it earlier, but he's he struggled a little bit. He's been kind of targeted by other teams defenses so hopefully hopefully he can have a big game and i just want that for him i just want him to come out with you know six for 120 and a touchdown like that's just let's remind everybody of who who stefan Diggs is that would feel good i don't know if it's gonna happen this week i really don't um i don't i'm not worried about Diggs at all he is doing he is still a top wide receiver he is a big contributor he's been a great leader in this locker room i'm not worried about him he's gonna come to life when we need him um in, in one particular game or a couple games coming up here. But um, yeah, this would be a fun one just to just to let loose and remind everybody. Yeah, yeah, let's not forget, but we'll find out. Um, and the big thing for me, kind of like my overarching thought here is that the Bills are the ones with something to lose here. The Patriots are coming in with an excellent opportunity to go piss in our Cheerios and take something, at, you know, play, play game wrecker and ruin some um, postseason uh, opportunities there. They're not in the postseason, right? Um, so I think the Bills need to be ready to th- – thankfully, they're coming to Orchard Park, right? Let's bring them home. Let's take care of business and uh, and send them packing. Let's remind – this is our, our opportunity to push for that division lead again, and um, and I think it's a big deal. So I think yeah. it's time for the boys to go take care of business. Not a freebie, though. Can't can't discount any opponents in this league. So hopefully, yeah, I, I agree with you. I hope they're ready to take care of business and, you know, Show why they're still in contention for that number two seed. Show why they should be a, a team nobody wants to play in January, and don't don't give up opportunities to a team that's down in the dirt. You know, push push their push their face into the mud, kind of thing. So right, yeah, yeah we'll, yeah. we'll see. Yep, yeah, be the bully. That's what we need. But um, we'll find out. The uh, some rooting interest for this week of what's uh, happening in the other games. Uh, clearly, we want the Bills to win over the Patriots. The other big one is that we want the um, Ravens to beat the Dolphins. Uh, a Dolphins loss means that next week is um, the division is up for grabs. So um, that's a big deal. Go Ravens. Huge. Um, Go Ravens. Other just kind of playoff contention um, uh, games. I'm not going to list all of them, but these are the important ones. Uh, we want the Raiders over the Colts. We want the Panthers over the Jaguars. We want the Titans over the Texans. We want the Seahawks over the Steelers. The Chargers over the Broncos and the Chiefs over the Bengals. Those are the big, meaningful playoff uh, uh, resonating games that are happening here. We'll see what happens around the NFL this weekend. Good stuff. And the Bills can clinch, right? You mentioned, so that's yep. uh, it could happen. Let's see. But. Clearest path of, of those 14 different <clears throat> excuse me, opportunities is Bills win over Patriots. Um, the uh, Seahawks beat the Steelers. And the Chiefs beat the Bengals. And that, that those three things in. happen. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, that locks us in. Interesting. All right. That sounds that's exciting, man. We'll see. I, I'm hoping to see a little X next to their name soon, but 
we'll see what happens as the year goes on. Yes, sir. We'll find out. So, Tom, unless you had anything else on the Bills specifically for next week. I do not. I'm excited for this next segment. Hit me. It's it's almost New Year's. And while I will do absolutely nothing to improve myself, I thought we could project a little bit onto others and get some <laughs> New Year's resolutions for the Sabres and the Bills. What do you think? Sounds good to me. Yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> So, as I said, I will continue to be uh, wallowing in in my despair. Uh, but the Sabers, let's talk about what what needs to go better or right for them in January and into the new year. For me, we've already talked about it on this podcast. Get back to their game that they were playing in this calendar year at the end of last season. Uh, free the offense. Let the offense be creative and not at the expense of defensive play. And I, I think that solves a lot of problems because you're getting similar goaltending to last year. You're getting similar defensive stats to last year. So why are we shoehorning in a system that has all those same things be true about the defense and goaltending and penalty killing and all of that, but without the offensive firepower that they had? So that's what I want to see. Get back to get back to the roots that they established last year. Play a free, fun, exciting brand of hockey and just just make it more exciting to watch again. Uh, that's that's all I can hope for. And then fi- the the second one I wrote down was fix the goddamn power play, please, <laughs> please. That would that would contribute <laughs> to point one. Uh, the, uh, that would help them get get off the ground a little bit. That's that's all I want to see. I don't have anything specific on on how to do that because I'm not a coach. But but man, I got to get excited about the Sabers going on the power play again because that has not been there. So. Anyways, those are those those are my resolutions for the Sabers. But how about the Bills, Tom? What what are we thinking there for uh, New Year's New Year's changes for them or or things to aspire to? I got two whole team ones and one specific one. So number one, uh, I want the Bills to commit to running play action well, like well over thirty percent for the rest of the year throughout the playoffs. Um, magic happens. Why are we not doing it? Um. And then my specific one is uh, for Mr. Sean McDermott. I don't know what he's taking. I don't know what he's. I don't know if he's eating his breakfast differently, taking his coffee coffee differently. Whatever he's doing, he needs to ride this improved decision making streak. He's he's play, he's he's done better. And man, oh man, the superstitious fan in me is the alarms are going off right now with these New Year's <laughs> resolutions, Jake. I don't know if this is a good idea, but man, that guy has um like I need him to continue on his on his new uh thought process because it's working. And then lastly, boys, playoff start now. This is your chance to make some noise. Play with your back against the wall, nothing to lose. Go make a statement. Right now, everybody's down on the bills. Nobody's, nobody's, re- everybody's ready to go be excited about Joe Flacco playing with the Browns. Like, let's remind them that the Bills are were, are part of this. So, um, go make some noise. That's my third one, yeah. final one, and I think that we should write these down and mail them to the team. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's already drafted. I just got to drop it in the mail letter. Mm-hmm. It, drop it in the mail later. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, man. Play, play your balls off. It's that time. Make a I statement. Like I like it. All right, Tom, before we get out of here, do, you, do we have time for a game? You want to play a little uh, game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, Nigel sucked at the game last week, and I had the answer a while before he did, so I'm excited to beat the pants uh, off of Nigel. Yeah, let's see. So so I gave Nigel 10 guesses to name a specific Bills player, Yeah, and I'm going to give you the same opportunity. I yeah. Fair warning, it is a different player than last time. So, <laughs> Lee Evans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom. Yeah, a- any question you want to ask about this guy, you can. Right. I have the answers at my fingertips. Okay. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you ten questions, and then you need to make a guess. Okay. Here we go. Um, offensive um, or defensive? Offensive. Are they currently on the team? No. Okay. Um, what position do they play? Or is that an unfair question? No, 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 not an unfair question. I will give you offensive linemen. Offensive linemen. Okay. Not currently on the team. Mm-hmm. Ooh, offensive linemen's tough. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, what's a, what's going to be a question that will help narrow this down? Um, anything's in play. Any question you want. 
Do they play interior linemen or outside linemen, like a tackle? Interior. Interior. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, are they a center? They are. Okay. Um, have they played in the last 10 years? Uh, yes. Okay. I have, I'm feeling that was six, right? That was number six. That was, that was six. Okay. Four to go. I'm feeling pretty good about it. Um, that one's a very specific one about that one player. So I'm going to wait. Um, were they not currently on the team? I only know a couple centers. So uh, did did he did his his career end with a neck injury? Ooh, ooh. Um, uh, <laughs> bear with me. All right, then. Do you want me to just guess my player? I have one. I have. I know two centers off the top of my head, and one of them plays for the right now. <laughs> uh, uh. He he did. He his career did end because of a neck injury. It's That's Eric it. Wood, isn't it? It's Eric Wood. Woo-hoo! All right. Tom, Tom won the prize. All right. Yeah. The Nigel sucks prize. All right. I like it. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I'm glad you came up with your own. Sorry, I Nigel. I'm just very competitive. I apologize, buddy. I love you. <laughs> uh, all right, Tom. All right. Some, some good Eric Wood. Hey, did you know he is currently still affiliated with the team, right? He does some um, reporting and he does. Yeah. He's still affiliated. He's still around. I did not know that. No, that's yeah. that's interesting. He yep. was a he was a good player, right? He was very good. Yes, he was a very good. And fortunately, his career got cut short. Yeah, he had some kind of I can't remember exactly specifics on the neck injury, but he's yeah, his career ended um cuz he had some kind of scary neck injury and he's like and he retired um rather young. And then I think we had somebody else and then Mitch Morse, I think. Or it could have been Mitch Morse right after. It might have been. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, Pretty cool. too, too bad his career was cut short, but yeah, great great player for the Bills, so. Nice guessing, totally. Tom. You you got there. Maybe we'll, might have to give you a handicap, give you like eight questions or something. I, don't know. I like that. I like that. I'll take that. I'll take that. But um, <laughs> hey, man, happy New Year. Uh, happy New Year to you and your wife. And uh, yeah, it's been, here we go. This is this is the thick of it for both. We're starting to get in the thick of it for both teams. Honestly, you know, like this is Make meaningful plays, meaningful plays, meaningful games for for both the Sabers and the Bills. So every all of you out there, uh, stay tuned in and and hang on and. Follow along. A big thing for us, though, is um, please, uh, the best way for us to kind of spread our podcast is through you guys, through sharing. Um, so please share this podcast. Please uh, give us a like. Um, if you see our Instagram post or our Twitter post and you can just hit that reshare button, like that would be awesome um, and would be really, really helpful. We uh, would definitely appreciate you guys. Um, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for spending some time with us. Um, it would mean... Like I said, mean quite a bit to us. If you share this episode, give us a like, give us a follow. Um, we're on Instagram and X at Let's Go Buffalo Pods. Um, my name is Tom. That's my buddy Jake, and you're listening to the Let's Go Buffalo Podcast. Go Spills, go Sabers. Let's go Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs>